Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and Redeemer. Amen. So as a point of clarification, a publican is, could be either a Jewish tax collector during the Roman Empire or the owner of a public house or a pub. So with that said, two publicans walk into a bar <laughs> after a long meeting. One turns to the other, his regional manager, and says, Can I tell you something? I hate my job. I don't know how much longer I can take it. I know I've taken advantage of my position, but I also know that what I'm forced to do by the system is wrong. I went up to the temple last week to pray, I couldn't even bring myself to approach the altar. I just stood off in the corner, staring at the floor, begging God to be merciful to me. The fact that there was a Pharisee in all his glory praying loudly about his own righteousness didn't help either. I mean, I can't compete with that. Nobody likes me. I have no friends. But a while back, I was down by the Jordan... And I heard this guy, John, speaking about a new way to live. So I asked him, Teacher, what should we do? He said, Collect no more than the amount prescribed for you. Some soldiers were there, and they also asked him, What should we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusations. Be satisfied with your wages. Everyone thought that he might be the Messiah. But John answered all of us by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, and he will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. Now all this time, the regional manager, a guy named Zacchaeus, has been listening, sipping on his drink, Clearly, his co-worker is disturbed. But Zacchaeus, too, has had an encounter, not with John the baptizer, but with the Messiah of which John spoke, Jesus himself. Zacchaeus says, listen, I know just how you feel. We're reviled and hated because we work for the man. And it doesn't help that most of our counterparts are seriously dishonest. We get lumped into that group just by association. And at least your normal size, look at me. I'm so short, they think I'm a dwarf, so thanks to Levitical law, I can't even go near the altar. But the other day, something happened to me. This guy you spoke of, this Messiah was coming through town. I think he was on his way to Jerusalem. I had heard some people talking about what John had said too, so I wanted to get a good look at him. 
Of course, there were hundreds of people up and down the road, and none of them would let me through. So I ran ahead and climbed that big sycamore tree down at the end of the street. I waited as he came nearer, thinking he would pass right under me and I would get a great view. All of a sudden, he stopped under that tree. He looked right up at me and he called me by name, Zacchaeus. I tell you, it's the strangest thing. When I looked at him, looking up at me, I saw myself in his eyes. I think he knew all the questions in my heart and all the answers. I believe he knew who I really was. He called me a son of Abraham and left a blessing on my whole house. Me, Zacchaeus, the chief publican. And I am just like you, a poor sinner just begging God to be merciful. The thing about these two publicans is that some of their lostness is thrust upon them by the position they fill in society. Regardless of what is in their heart of hearts, they are labeled as sinners in the eyes of the people in their community. Now, truth be told, they probably are guilty of working the system in their favor. Yet both men reach out in their own way. The publican, by going to the temple to pray, and Zacchaeus, by climbing the tree to get a good look at Jesus. And in both cases, Jesus asserts that even in their lostness, they will find favor. And it's too bad that the publican from last week's gospel doesn't know that he went home from the temple justified. Zacchaeus has the advantage of a face-to-face encounter with Jesus. But that's the beauty of the Gospel of Luke. Almost the entire Gospel depicts Jesus as the divine Redeemer who came to seek and to save those who were lost. It begins before the Annunciations to Zechariah and to Mary and ends with the ascension into heaven. Christ is depicted not so much as the Messiah of the Old Testament, but as the Redeemer of the whole world. Time and again, the point is stressed that the kingdom is open to all races and conditions of men, Samaritans and pagans as well as Jews, poor as well as rich, outcasts, publicans, and sinners, as well as respectable people, and to women as well as men. It is the universal gospel of the Savior of all. And much of the commentary about the Zacchaeus story centers around whether or not he is changed at the moment that Jesus speaks to him, or if the change was already happening before he met Jesus face to face. To me, it doesn't really matter. Because we believe in something called prevenient grace. That's divine grace that precedes human decision. 
It exists prior to and without reference to anything humans may have done. It is solely a gift from God. That's what Zacchaeus saw when he looked in Jesus' eyes. And as I was finishing up my sermon this week, my mind kept going back to what Terry quoted from Rumi in her sermon last week. So if you'll forgive me, this is kind of a homiletical retweet. (laughs) The line Terry quoted was, Out beyond ideas of right doing and wrong doing, there is a field. I'll meet you there. When we get to Rumi's field, which may not be for a couple of weeks yet, I hope we can greet each other face-to-face without prejudice or animosity or assumption, just as Jesus greeted Zacchaeus with grace and love. Amen.